I got you. All right. Well, we're going to start with um, losing lives first. All right. So we're going to get into uh, post. All right. Yeah. So, all right. Let me go ahead and hit play. Three lives down. You got enough in there to finish me off? One way to find out. Gross. Not good. Mario Brothers Plum, no leak too small. Fatality. Alright, starting up the losing lives. Got Patrick with me. Yo. That's right. <laughs> we also have Ryan. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Hey, y'all. Ryan. Yeah. Who loves God? <laughs> what? what the fuck is that? Who loves God? We do. Who loves God? <laughs> oh, oh, is that from the movie? Okay. Yeah, it's fucking David Foley. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, nah, man. So, what's been up with you? What's been up? I know uh, you haven't been on for a while. Some of the listeners that have listened to some of the previous podcasts might remember our buddy Ryan there. So, uh, how things going with you, man? Oh, every uh, everything's going good, man. Just uh, usual monotonous schedule of work, gym, and grinding on y'all's episodes. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's right. I, I, I definitely know if that dropped. You know what I'm saying? Yep, that's right. Put up the butt. You know what I'm saying? That's right. All right, man. That's cool. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into posting. You know, as we normally start off, we start off with the game talk. So um, I think you know a little more than I do, Ryan. So from what I okay. know. Okay. Uh, from I'm going to let you go in a little bit. I'm just talking a little on what I know. I did a little research. And I saw the first game look like it's a top-down shooter. Um, and it's basically a guy in a trench coat running around just killing kind of everybody. Uh, I know in the, the comments, when our little uh, text that we have with everybody, you said the movie kind of takes from the second game. The second, pain, the second game looked like a FPS. And uh, you start as a guy in a trailer uh, with his girlfriend who's bitching at him. And he comes out in his trench coat and everything. And then you're basically given freedom. Like, you're given, like, a task of, like, the wife asked you to do some shit. And you just yeah. gotta do whatever you want. And, like, like with the gameplay I saw, the dude gets out, he beats the shit out of his dog. And he runs around, grabs, like, a gun, starts shooting people. He pissed on... Actually, he pissed on the dog. And then the dog started fucking trying to kill him. Like, started biting him and shit because it, he peed on the dog. You know? The, uh, the peeing mechanism actually is it's something you can do throughout the game. Yeah, you could just piss on people, piss on things, or whatever like that. It was like a little. They like in the gameplay, there was a little button sequence up top that was like, "Oh, you could do this," you know, to you know, pee on people and shit. So, um, but and it was kind of free reign. You got um, kind of like objectives to do throughout, of like go to some guy's campaign rally and like. Uh, you know, go to this other workplace or whatever. And at the end of the game, you kind of end up back at the trailer and it's just like a day in the life yeah. almost. 
And that was kind of the concept, it seemed, of the game. And, and, and there was a third one. Okay, so talk a little bit more, I guess, on your experience of Postal, uh, or at least Postal 2, because Postal 2, like, it definitely seems like this is what the movie pulled from. It was the second Postal game. Okay. Um, I'm not really going to get much into Postal 1, other than my experience of it and and what it was really about. I'm going to talk mostly about Postal 2 and pretty much just a tad bit about Postal 3. Now, Postal 1 uh, is, like you said, it is a top-down shooter uh, back from, what was it, 98? It it looked like some outdated old Grand Theft Auto type game. Put it up the butt, you know what I'm saying? That, that PC game actually had more of a serious tone of your mental patient who wakes up in a hospital okay. who cannot control what he sees and what he hears. Uh, so okay. uh, what, he, what he's thinking that he sees demons, he's actually in a school full of kids. So, uh, okay. so your mission... Is, okay. So you're given these tasks to kill all the zombie like kill all the zombies but like I said you're, you're in like you're in you're in like some building full of workers or you know it's your mind telling you what you see and what you need to do but so you're playing actually, like as an insane you're doing person this. okay that's interesting it, it, it's pretty much it's dark as fuck, but it's interesting <laughs> it, it, it's dark and it's pretty much from point A to point B not really much free range freedom um I mean, not really well received. It it was done by running with scissors. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of banded in certain countries. Um, but the second one came out. I know it was uh, 2003, and they came up with this whole different concept for Postal Two, and um, and it had a very interesting tagline, if I can remember. It was something like, "It's it's only as violent as you make it." Hmm. So the, uh, the the entire Postal Two game, which the movie is actually based off of, is a black comedy about, and the the main character, his name is Postal Dude. Okay. So and that's why they mentioned the movie. So he goes by the name Postal Dude, and they give him this. They, they like change him to where he's got like red hair and red goatee. And yeah, the object of the game is you are sent out by your um, wife, they call the bitch. That's her name in the credits. Is the bitch? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so she sends you out, and it is a Monday through Friday like uh, schedule, and you have pretty much five days complete certain tasks. And each day you're given a certain amount of tasks. You can do them in any order, and you can take care of it. However you like, doesn't really matter. You can, it can be violent, or you can just like go to the levels and do it, you know, without any kind of harm. Yeah. Now, as days go by, the uh, the pedestrians, the citizens get more erratic. They start flipping you off. They start trying to violently kill you until you get to the very last day, which is where everybody has guns and it's like a complete free for all the difficulty levels up and you're pretty much near Armageddon. Okay. Until you go back to your trailer and it ends with him shooting his wife. 
Hmm. Uh, another interesting thing about the game that the movie kind of does, but in a different aspect, is there is actually a celebrity that they put in the game to make fun of, okay. and it's Gary Coleman. Oh. I think actually in the, the movie, movie, they tried the to movie, get Gary Coleman. It. Well, yeah, they replaced him with Vernon Troyer. Yeah. Okay. So, um... And the third one... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Third one... No, all I was going to say, like, quickly, the third one was actually, like, pretty... I'd say recent, but I'm, like, 2012. It came out, and okay. it was made to be in more of a third-person, uh, like, 70s exploitation-type game. Okay. Still not really well-received. But you actually get to beat people with their lips if you wanted to. And you could ride segways with Uzis. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, Patrick, do you have any experience with the game before we move over to the movie? Anything uh, to add to? <clears throat> I, just, I had a friend who who's not huge in the games. It was yeah. like, hey, you heard about this game. You got to check it out. So he brought it over. I checked it out. I'm like, this is, this is trash. <laughs> 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 it's like playing a little bit. Uh, was it the first one or the second one? The second one. Second one. Okay. The second one, because I had to look it up. Because when I looked at the first one, I'm like, this doesn't look familiar. And mm-hmm. I seen the second one, I was like, all right, this is this is what I played. So I played 10, 20 minutes of it. He was trying to tell me all the stuff you can do. It it just wasn't, you know, it's stuff he heard you can do, and he wanted to try it out. Yeah. So he, that's why he got it. He never was really big into it. It was just more of the, oh, you can do whatever you want. Oh, I mean, that's always kind of. You know, giving players freedom, and I think this game came out the late '90s. I don't think there was many games that did something like that at that time. So, I mean, I guess playing with that concept can be interesting, but it felt like when I was looking at some of the gameplay for it, it felt like it really wasn't much purpose for the game. It was just like do stuff, and you can do really fucked up stuff. You know, they let you do that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it is what it is. I'll hold on for a second. Sounds like Ryan's got a little buddy. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, it was just a mild interruption. Uh, <laughs> well, what, what, what were you saying? No, 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 no. I was just saying that, you know, I think this game came out like uh, the second one came out the mid, uh, the late 90s, right? That's no, uh, 2003. Well, two, uh, the, fir- the first game was uh, 98. Okay. The second game was 2003. So this is like post 9-11. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, okay. So, well, the movie has a lot of nine eleven jokes, and and it definitely has some humor from that. Did the game have yeah. anything about like terrorists or Osama bin Laden yeah. and all that shit? Yes. Oh, so yeah. the game actually carried some of those themes. All right, so yeah. let's go ahead it, and change it gears. Was, it wasn't a. It wasn't like a huge part of a story element. It was just one of those things where you find out that the convenience owner that you were going to and buying stuff from yeah. is actually housing a terrorist organization and you they pretty much attack you at some point. You gotta kill them all. Uh, okay. So the movie does something similar to that. Alright. Does um, okay so another- let's let's change gears to the movie and uh and we can okay. start making the comparisons as we go through the movie and you can point out when they are like the game. So changing okay. gears to the movie first, I'm gonna go to let Patrick and then I'll probably go, and I'll let Ryan, you kind of go towards the end. 
And like, cause you, you're the one with more knowledge. And then as we talk too about things from the movie, you can kind of interject and say, okay, this is what it was from the game. Cause you have more knowledge about it than we do. So All right, sweet. Patrick, your thoughts at first on top of the movie. Uh, it was like the game. It was like 10, 20 minutes in. I'm like, all right, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I stuck it out and I finished it. Uh, my wife is like, eh, this is kind of horrible. Um, yeah. She laughed at maybe one or two jokes. I chuckled at one or two, but I mean, other it's, it's just like trying too hard. Yeah, I actually kind of liked it uh, up until um, I'd say the halfway point. It, it felt too long. The mo- there were some jokes and some things that I felt like it was trying to say, and I don't know if Uwe Bowl was actually trying to be funny and, and have a message at the same time, or if maybe it just came across that way. But um, actually, let me hold on for a second. Let's pause. Um, no, I I, really, I want to balance off what you said about you know what Ubi Bowl was trying to do. You also have to take into consideration that. Uh, well, hold on, Brian. Create- hold on, we're back from break. Just so because it's going to sound weird with the transition. Just to let you know. So you want to bounce off of what I was saying about what Ubi Bowl was trying to do with the jokes in the movie or the way that he wrote the movie. Cause I was saying that I actually kind of liked some of this movie. So go ahead, Ryan, what you were saying. Well, all I was going to say is, uh, you also have to take into consideration that, that the creators and the programmers of this video game from running with scissors also had a hand in this game. In the game or the so, movie? I mean, talking about the movie. Yeah. So the programmers, they're, they're, the, the People who They're made the game this movie. were producers on the movie. Okay, okay. I think you might have misspoke saying that they had their hands in the game and you meant the movie. So I'm just trying to clarify for listeners. But um, yeah, they did. They even had the joke bit where uh, Uwe Boll gets shot by one of the makers of the game because he's saying you're ruining the movie, uh, basically. Yeah, he, yeah. Vincent? Uh, uh, yeah, Uwe Boll actually uh, had fun. There you go. Yeah, he actually had fun poking fun at himself, I think, in this movie a good bit. He said he financed which, the movie with Nazi which, gold, which actually was kind of funny. Um, yeah, and the thing is, I appreciated that. Yeah, you know, that I was, was like, okay, this is good. Okay. There, there, there were some bits in the beginning that I felt were, I don't know if you'd call it satire, but like it was definitely uh, an exaggerated version of what we see today. Like... Um, there was, let's see here, this part where, um, where do I have it? Need a hundred virgins for, uh... No, that wasn't <laughs> it. I guess I didn't, uh, I thought I pulled it, but I guess I didn't. Um, wait, all right, this one, uh, I'll do this one. All right, we're, we're on a time clock, so let's get started, shall we? Yes, sir. Good. Well, um, so I'm here for the job, sir. Right. You're a factory worker. I was. I was a factory worker, but the factory got closed down, so I got laid off. And I've interviewed 15 other people for this job. What makes you think you're better than them? Well, I don't know if, if I am better than them. Well, God damn it, pal. If you want this job, you better reach out and grab it. You better put those fucking heads on the wall. You know what? Fuck it. Let's go to the questions. What is your greatest strength? Um, I'm a really good team player. 
Wrong. What is your biggest weakness? Um, I'd say I work too hard. Wrong. How would you move a mountain using only a spoon? Spoon? If you were in a box, how would you think outside it? If you're in Wrong. So, just to give a little bit of points on that. Um, I like to make fun of the whole idea of the interview process. You're asked these weird questions, and of course you're giving fake answers. And she's like, wrong, wrong, which I thought was kind of funny to me. It, it, it hit my my humor because um, yeah. it just it almost <laughs> felt like, and in fact, the beginning part of this movie almost felt like a twisted version of Office Space. And at first, I thought it was going in that direction because they picked up with him getting a job and stuff. Uh, of course, it started off with this, you know, nine eleven gag about the hundred virgins, which I'll play here. My ninety-nine perfect virgins will worship us for all eternity. I thought it was one hundred. What's that? One hundred virgins. They promised me one hundred. Ninety-nine, one hundred. What's the difference? If they're telling you one thing and they're telling me another, maybe they don't know for sure. Maybe. Maybe the exact number of virgins is not precise. I mean, if it's in the 90s, I can live with that. Or 75. Hey, I'm not greedy, but what if it's 10? Well, what if it's 10? But we have to split them between us. Then you'll have five more virgins than you have right now. Right? We're talking about eternity here. How long will five virgins last you? Maybe a month? They're not going to be virgins for long, right? So... That was kind of the opening scene there. And then they come to a term where they find out that you can only get like 20 versions max or some shit. And then they're like, fuck this. We don't want to crash the plane. But then the people outside decide to attack the, the Muslims. And then they end up crashing the plane into the Twin Towers. And that's kind of the first gag joke here. And then we pick up on uh, the main character. Uh, what's his name? It was a uh, postal dude. Postal dude. It's just dude. But the actor was Zach Hader, I think, or something like that. Zach Ward. Zach Ward. I'm sorry. He was a guy from the Christmas Story, I think. Right. That was yeah, one of the movies yeah. he did he when was, he was younger. He was the bully from the from the Christmas Story. Yeah. He was the little brother of Christopher from Titus. Okay. Yeah. And and he is a recurring actor in a lot of Ubi Bull movies. No, oh, yeah, that's that's perfect. But um, <laughs> this do, do you do you remember when we saw Alone in the Dark two? Yes, and it was a redhead guy from the beginning. That's him. Oh no shit. Okay, all right. Well, anyways, in this, just to say, some of the jokes they kind of landed for me in the beginning. Uh, I kind of saw kind of what he was doing. At least I th- I thought so. Uh, where he was making these jokes about corporate America and he was making these jokes about religion, Islam, like the whole 72 version. I've always heard 72 versions. And there's like 100 versions. Well, well, I was told 99, you know? And he's making jokes on that. And the whole thing has jokes about religion. Like there's one where uh, David Foley's character has a cult. And of course, there's these hot girls that are in the cult with him. And at one point in the movie... They're like, you know, you see this cult's fucked up. You shouldn't join a cult. She's like, you're right. I'm not going to be in a cult. I'm going to be a Christian. You know? <laughs> no. I, 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 honestly, I thought that was the funniest fucking thing in the movie. Yeah. Which was she starts making out with him. Yeah. And he goes, wait, wait, stop, stop. And she's like, why? Because you're married? He goes, no, I want to give her a turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, turn. To, yeah. I, sat there and I, I sat there and I fucking clapped. 
Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking bravo. Well, that wasn't the funniest. For me, the part about it being like calling Christianity the cult as well. For me, it's funny because growing up in Christianity, we, you know, Christians in themselves, there's a difference between Christianity and cult. And, and I think there is a, a difference between Christianity and cult to some degree, but like, it varies between on what sect of Christian you're talking about. <laughs> well, well let me ask you, did y'all yeah. have an Uncle Dave? No, we did not have an Uncle Dave. <laughs> Uncle the only Dave. thing he was missing. The <laughs> only thing I was missing was Uncle Dave. But um, but there was jokes about that. And I found the one I was talking about, the exaggerated joke, this one. You can make the light. Hey! She could have made the fucking light. She forgot her glass. You say glass? Yes. You say glass, you Frankfurt-eating motherfucker. I bought all these goddamn English CDs for you to say fucking glass. It's glasses. You fucking foreigners come over here and you fuck up the language. And this bitch is fucking up the traffic. Come down, Greg. You fucking calm down. This flat-ass bitch comes over here. She takes over the convenience stores and they eat up all our goddamn dogs. Go and help her. Come on. You're right. Okay. Just get the car, make sure she's doing okay. She's an old lady. Ugh. I feel bad now. The light is green. The light is green. You could have went through the light. What you say, bitch? So (laughs) the point I'm making with that, too, is like at first in the beginning part, I thought, oh, he's making some kind of social commentary. I I, I like, for instance, that could be taken as a joke on the fact of how, you know, people can jump the gun and overreact about like, you know, things they think are being said or what's being said that's racially charged or maybe not racially charged, putting things in context and everything like that. And Tim, because he blasted this woman's brains out in the middle of the street, right? And of course, in this movie, people get shot all over and there's no repercussions for anything. Like, it, right. but it's a comedy. It's as how it's, as how this movie is being that's- treated as. You just throw all the rules out, crazy shit happens, it's bonkers, it's whatever. As the that's movie the progressed... Works. I realized, oh no, he's not making real commentary at all. It's just a bunch of insane shit that he thought was funny at the time. Right. And like as the movie evolved and the jokes kept going, they don't hold up in that way. Then it just becomes stupid. And then like and then at the towards the end of the movie, like it really got stretched out too long. Um then they started this whole terrorists, religious cult, all trying to get these dick toys because apparently they're the hottest toys on the market. The crotchies. The crotchies. And they're going to flip them for like 4000 apiece, <laughs> something like that. And they have 2000 yeah. of them. So they can't do the math, but it's going to be a bunch of money. So, And that's, that's the joke thing. And, yeah, uh, they, they... Good. No, no, all I was going to say is 
um, just a slight comparison was that they definitely took the elements of the eccentric sex cult from the game and the terrorist and actually gave them more of a purpose with this movie where they were just, it was just little to none. And the whole shootout, that's pretty much the end of the game where everybody has guns. Everybody's coming at you from every corner and shit really gets postal. Yeah. Um, I like how you worked the title into that. Shit really gets postal. That yeah, was great, that go. was a great job, great Ryan. Great job, Ryan. And, great job. And, and the crotchy doll uh, is the mascot in the game yeah. where there's actually a point in the game where you actually get attacked by a homicidal uh, mascot of crotchy. Oh, yeah. So that's in the game, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well... I mean, he definitely seemed to be faithful to the game in this movie more so than some of the other movies we've seen. In fact, I think oh, this movie... God. Oh, God, was he? Yeah, because yeah, like, lo- if you look at House of the Dead, that was definitely not faithful to the movie or the story or anything, really. Uh, other than the fact that he put in actual game footage throughout the whole fucking movie. <laughs> and then what Alone the in the Dark, I don't, I don't even know what to start. We covered that episode. I'd rather not dig up that grief. That <laughs> just happened. Is Alone in the Dark. Um, this movie... Dude, I, fucking Cat Silencer. Yeah, the Cat Silencer. I think that's actually in the game as well. It's in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, you put a cat in the gun and you shoot. Fucking, yeah. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some stuff in there that was funny and hit. Other stuff in here that like it really didn't work. It got stressed out too long. I, and but like it also had big names attached to it. Like um, I'm gonna pull I wouldn't up. say big names. I'd say more not, not well-known. Big, well, well no, known. well-known like like side actors and stuff. Like it wasn't like big names. It wasn't like no um, Tom Cruise or anything like that. But uh, Vernon Troyer, like the the little person, the small guy comedian, <laughs> the little person. the little person, whatever the midget, whatever you want to call him, uh, Dave Foley, he's a uh, I think he's like a stand up, and he's also been in a couple different movies and things like that. He um, he was part of a improv trope for yeah. uh, Kids in a Hall. J.K. Simmons, he was in like. Yeah, like, yeah, Commissioner two, Gordon three, and three. Batman. Yeah, well, he was in like two small scenes, but he showed up for this movie. Um, I think Rick Hoffman, he's been in a couple things. I've seen him around. Lindsay, um, have you seen the big? Have you seen the big Lebowski? No, actually, I've only seen parts of it. I never finished that movie. Not because it was bad or anything. Well, I just never got around to like. Well, the well, the old man watch. that was that was the name, uh, Mister Lebowski. Yeah, the, the the main rich guy. Yeah, he was the old man sitting at the table, uh, pretty much being an old pervert. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, the old guy that talked about the uh, banging uh, the dude's uh, wife. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. Rick Hoffman, though, he was the guy with doing the interview, uh, doing the job interview. And uh, then they had uh, Lindsay Hollister. I think she's been doing more of these comedy uh, movies, if I remember right. Like, uh, nope. 
don't remember right. Not who I was thinking of. You're thinking of the girl that was in 21 Jump Street. That's who I'm thinking of, and it's not her. (laughs) (laughs) It did kind of look like her from that picture, though. When I looked up the cast earlier, I seen it, too. Because the the Starbucks girl? Yeah. She looked familiar, so I had to see what else I knew her from. Oh, wait. Was that Faith? She's in Glow. Yeah. She's in Glow. That's what I know her from. She's she's in Glow. glow. Oh, okay. Uh, But but mainly that movie has a lot of... um, Recurring actors and actresses from other Ubi Bowl projects. Okay. That, that if you were to pick up like Far Cry, you would see that fat guy that, that's helping Dave Foley. Okay. Um, if, if you pick up Alone in the Dark 2, you remember the big, big muscly dude with the gun? Yeah. Where, where he dies and we don't know what the hell happens to him? Yeah. He's yeah. the cop. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um,. Honestly, I think this is probably the best Uwe Boll movie he's probably ever done so far. I mean, we'll see more, and maybe I'll change my opinion depending on what movies. I mean, House of the Dead was pretty amazing as far as just the crazy gun scene, but like to say he tried his hand at an actual comedy, I think I think um, this is probably the best I've seen from him so far, at least his attempt. Now, I lost video, lives. Video game one. I lost lives on this movie. So I'm not I'm talking big about this movie, but to put it in perspective, it's still a bad movie. Like I'm not saying this is like we're speaking in terms of losing lives, <laughs> of like dying well, watching these movies. Well, as I was telling Patrick, this was my second choice. Um, I think I think I've heard some interviews of people kind of relate this to kind of like trauma movies. Would you relate this to somewhat of a trauma type movie? No. No, okay. I would relate. I would relate this to those shitty parody movies that came out in the two thousand. Yeah, the parody movies. That's how I related to as well. It was kind of like the, I, I, the whole thing was comical. It was joke after joke on things. Not another video game movie. That's yeah, what they, that's what they should have called this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would actually that actually would have good. Even though it is called the Postal Movie, I thought that was a parody in in itself. Yeah. Oh, uh, but I mean. I think we went over the plot, but just to kind of solidify it, the guy, he's down on his luck, has no job. He's trying to get a job, and of course, dude's an asshole to him. In fact, I did like the company song they made him sing. It's not a flag, it's a company, a high-flying company, and it'll cheerfully work you to death. By the time you are old, pension is sold, and your cube will be your casket. It's a company, a high-flying company. Now please get back to work. So, like, things like that, they were just, like, making him sing it and like it because the company... Like, again, some of these jokes, especially towards the beginning, I almost felt like it might have been a different writer. Like, maybe... Because there's two writers in this. Uwe Bold, and I think this guy Brian McKnight, I want to say the name was, if I remember. And in fact, he's written a couple movies with Uwe Bold. Like, he's done more than just this one. He's, he's also a very famous R&B singer. Yeah, so I could be having the name wrong. So I'm just trying to make sure. But I want to say yeah, I'm right I, on I, that. Yeah, I think Patrick's thinking of uh, Brian McKnight. Yeah, no, there is. But I think the <laughs> other, I think this guy's name was that as well. Uh, yeah, Brian C. Knight. So not McKnight. Uh, C. Knight. Okay, C. totally Knight. different. Yeah, totally different. No R&B hits. Yeah, no, no R&B hits for him. Yeah. No, I got the name wrong. Just We're not going to start this back at one. Brian Knight. 
That's what it is. I thought it was McKnight because I I remember the C in there and I just kind of crossed my brain up. But Brian Knight. Now, so there's two. Now, now I'm disappointed. Yeah. Well, to get to my point, there's two writers on here. And I feel like maybe he probably wrote maybe the first, some of the first half of the jokes, like I said, felt like they were kind of smarter than even, maybe I was giving it credit. Maybe I was reading more into these things than was really. I think, I think you were taking what was going on in society today. That's and true. And applying it to this movie. That's true. From 2007. Yeah. As like, man, this movie is, is bringing up some smart points. Yeah. But then you didn't realize this movie is 11 years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but I think some of those issues may still have been there, but you're right. I felt like, I had that thought too. I was like, you know, I feel like this, but I was like, I'm thinking of today's issues, and I wonder the if... The cop shoots the lady. Oh, yeah. She called me the N-word. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think she called me the N-word. Like, today, like, I, I could see where you could... That would actually be almost a smart type of joke today. Back right. then, I don't know how much of it was actually that because of... I don't know how the political climate was. There were certain things of it. But then as it devolves, it devolves into just stupidity after a while. And then, like, the character is, like, trying to pimp a retard guy. That's what they call him, like, you know, a guy in a wheelchair can't Harry. do anything. Harry. Get, get, the, get the retard man a name. Yeah. Harry. <laughs> Damn it. You're just yeah. using abusing him, too. Yep, that's right. That's right. 13 what? bucks? What the fuck well, am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, what the fuck am I supposed to do with $13? Fives and tens. Well, that, that, that does go you know hand in hand, fellas, with uh, some of the characters in the game didn't really have a name. Yeah. They just gave him titles. Well, Harry had a name, which is better to say than what the main character did, because all he was called was Dude. <laughs> yeah, um, he was Postal Dude, and his wife was the bitch. Yeah, and I mean, um, and the uncle, just talk a little bit about uh, Uncle Dave. He was just kind of stereotypical, like, uh, cult leader who just fucking all the cult members and stuff like that. And, like, and that, that's kind of a real-life parody of, like, real cult members who've come out that have been fucking all the congregation. <laughs> That's happened yeah. for real. Uh-huh. And uh, and there, there was that. But like, and again, some of that was kind of funny. Some of the religious jokes were funny. Like the girl saying she was turning from a cult to Christianity and things like that was kind of funny. Um, I think the whole scene too with Uwe Bold being in the movie and take being part of the joke on himself was a smart move and was it was kind of funny for him. Especially getting shot in the dick and then saying, I fucking hate video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, stuff like that. Uh, I think I think was him just being a, a good sport about how bad the internet's been to him. You know, about things. Because um, I've read some, I've watched some clips where, you know, yeah, he does take it kind of to heart about people shitting on his work and everything like that. But, to be honest... It's not really great. <laughs> and like, hey, I, I, I give it this though. He's made a movie. And he actually has some decent actors come to his, his place. Like this movie in particular, like they're big names for what I would expect him to get. They're not necessarily the biggest names in the industry, but he's got those. He's put these movies together. He's written them. He's directed them. Better than what I did. So, Did, did you see the financials for this movie? No, I haven't. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. What, what what were they? So the movie cost 15 million to make. Yeah, worldwide pulled in 147 thousand. Oh wow, really? Only, 
That one says a little bit different. Yeah, I'm getting a box office gross of eighteen million. The one I seen said one hundred and forty-seven thousand dollars. Hold on, let's see. Postal box office. Yeah, yeah I've been meaning to do a box. Yeah, IMDb gave it a little higher. Now it gave me postal box. <laughs> we're, we're finding all the P.O. boxes already <laughs> in the United States. There we go, Postal well, Movie. I should type in Postal Movie. Yeah, it does say 146,741 USD. See, 147. I was giving yeah. it too much. Yeah, there you go. That, let, me, let me look at Box Office Mojo because I feel like those are... So, yeah. So, not, not, to, not to mention... Uh, it's just domestic it in A. Yeah, it, it doesn't have anything for domestic. Foreign, it made $146,000. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that movie did, did shit. And I did, I did see that he was trying to kickstart a sequel. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> Nobody's going to give you money for yeah. that shit. Are you insane? It's like, wait, your first movie lost $14 million. Yeah. Almost 50, almost a whole $15 million. Yeah, let's throw him some kickstarter money. We need another one of those. Well, here, let's... Uh, well... Well, take this into consideration yeah. that one of, the, one of the first things he wanted to kickstart was his third Rampage movie, and it got kicked. Oh, yeah. But it actually still got made. Mm. Hilarious. So the same thing can happen to this movie. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I've got... Um, is there anything else you want to say on this movie? I mean, we've kind of covered it. We've talked about it. Uh, all in all... Um, like I said, I would say you could watch maybe the first half of this movie and then just turn it off. Like, you'll get to a point in this movie where you're like, okay, I've had enough. That's when you turn it off. You know, if you could find it on, you know, it's on free. I, I watched it on YouTube. I tried to watch the link Kevin sent me. I got it to work, but then I tried to you do it on my laptop and it gave me a bunch of weird shit. So I was like, eh, I'm just going to watch it. It seems to be a trend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. I know one thing I wanted to hit on when we were talking about stale jokes and you brought up Uncle Dave. Yeah. The whole getting out of bed full frontal nudity. That was, yeah. He decided to go ahead and do a full frontal nudity. You just see his dick swinging. And it basically him get well, up and take a shit. Yeah. You're right. Well, yeah, that was the other joke where it's like, oh, no. Smelly doo-doo joke. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the, the guy was just completely overreacting because... That's pretty much how he is in all his in all of Ubi Roll's movies. It's just this overreaction this actor does. Oh yeah, he does talking about far, Dave Foley's. He does it in Far Cry. He, he yeah. does it in this movie. Awful. Let me uh, let me get the actor's name right quick. It was Richard. You're talking about Chris Coppola, I think is the actor's name, and he was Richard, and I think he was like Uncle Dave's like cousin or some shit. I think he was related. He was to he, him. he was Uncle. He was uh he was Uncle Dave's right hand man. Oh, he's just the right hand man. Because I know at the yeah, dude, the the dude was his cousin. Because oh, that's right. Because towards the end of the movie, he makes out with Dave Foley and uh, makes out with Uncle Dave. Right. And Uncle Dave's like, oh, I realize and, and I'm gay. Me, and then he grabs a tit and he's like, oh wait, I'm bi. <laughs> As he's dying, and, and he tell, discovers. And tell me how the Pulsa dude goes from your average Joe to a demolition specialist. Oh, oh yeah yeah he does do that where he just all of a sudden knows it. but it's a comedy movie so you kind of comedy gets the weird thing where you just go with it like that's like you can't i mean you can if you want but you can't really criticize comedies for like shit like that as much because it's all an attempt to be funny and as long as it's actually funny it's cool 
This movie didn't really do that exactly well. Something wasn't funny. Huh. No, as long as it started, it was funny. Well, yeah, no, like him being a, it was just him becoming a badass type thing. But it that that's some of the parts was it was just kind of stupid. Like it just got it just got stupid. That part was stupid. You know what was really stupid to me is like when um the movie made a big point in killing a bunch of kids. Like there was a scene where there was a litter of dead children. With the reporter. That, yeah. Now, okay, so some of that joke was kind of funny where the reporter's up there and there's a bunch of dead kids, but she's not worried about that. She reports on Vernon Troyer being missing. That, that that's what's reported on. Right, that's the story. Yeah, and they show the dead kids to make it sad. Doesn't say one word about the dead kids. I noticed that, like that was, I, and to me, again, was this him making a smart joke, or was this him just being a silly fuck, and it just came off that way? <laughs> because well, there's I, there's a level of it where you could, where the news reports what it wants to report, and again, it's shit from today. Right. That if you watch this movie, you're like, oh, that's kind of like social commentary in your jokes, but. Was it that back then? I don't know. Is this what you really meant by it, or did you just get lucky? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I I, don't know. I don't know how much of it was the smart joke or not, because if you look at a lot of other Uwe Boll shit, it's not very smart. It's not smartly written. It's not... There's actually, in one interview I saw with Uwe Boll, where he's like, I accidentally threw away the script, or I accidentally deleted the script for this one movie we did. So I didn't feel like writing it again. And it wasn't much dialogue in the movie anyways. So just whenever we went and shot the scenes, I just told him to like, this is kind of what's supposed to happen. <laughs> and he just like winged the whole fucking movie. I, out I have of his a feeling ass. that if I ever wrote and directed a movie, that's exactly how I would do it. It's like, hey, what are we doing today? This is what we're going to do. Because <laughs> he be the like, long pause of cause, thinking. Because he was like, with this movie, I couldn't do that. I'd have to rewrite the whole movie because there's so many jokes and certain dialogue points. Like, I couldn't do that with this movie. But with that other movie, I just, Fuck made, it. I just made it happen. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. And it's like, dude, like that kind of attitude towards like, I could just imagine if, if I was hired on and it was like, okay, we want you to write this movie. Like... I guess maybe after I've done 50 movies, maybe I'd have that kind of attitude. I don't know. But like, I can imagine like my first or even second or even fifth movie, I'd be like giving it my all, writing everything. If I lost something, bitch, I'm going to rewrite this all night because I want <laughs> I want my names out there. I care about, like I want to do the best I can. Now, if it's still crap, it's still crap. But I'm going to do the best I can. Right. To have the attitude where it's like, Fuck it. There's not a lot of dialogue. We'll figure it out. Who gives a flying fuck? It's like if in your movie, you know what? I put my heart and soul into that piece of crap, and I don't care if you don't like it or not, because you know what? I left a piece of me with it. And his movie was like, yeah, fuck it. Just do it. Yeah, just, just do it. Make some just shit up. It. Yeah, just And this it. scene, people are supposed to be shooting at each other. Just shoot at each other. Yeah, just shoot at each other. Now, I forget what movie it is, but I'm going to play the YouTube clip soon after we go through this. Because I did want to uh, address something. I thought there were some interesting things said in that uh, YouTube inter- that interview with Uwe Boll that um, we might talk about. But we're going to go over the IMDb trivia list. Are you ready for that, Ryan? Or did you have something else to say? 
with all this dead kid, uh, I took it as, well, they were hitting on the first postal game. Oh, okay. Like like making a nod to it by killing a bunch of kids? That's a weird way to nod to the first game, but sure. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> like, we, we are dead kids. We see you, Postal. <laughs> but you're right. You did say there was the bit where he thought, like, oh, I'm killing demons, and you find out, oh, you killed a bunch of kids. So, okay. So the guy's insane. All right, the cat animatronic used for the cat silencer costs $45,000 to create and appears for two seconds. So Out of that $15 million budget. So, again, whereas, oh, was this smart comedy? Or was this a guy who just put some shit together and some of it came out smart because of the era we're in today? <laughs> hey, $45,000? They made back almost three times that amount. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, if only the whole they movie made, They made just a little this. bit over three times that amount. Almost all yeah, of you're, Jake, talk, you're talking about the cat silencer, right? Yeah, yeah, the cat silencer. That effect cost $45,000 to create for the movie and appeared for two seconds. Uh, almost all of J.K. Simmons' lines were ad-libbed. Uh, which, no shit. He only had like two lines of dialogue where he ranted like a crazy person about like government conspiracies and shit. So... According to Uwe Bold, in several interviews in the DVD's audio commentary, no big agencies wanted their stars in the movie. Vernon Troyer, David Foley, Larry Thomas, and J.K. Simmons came to the casting against their agents' wishes because they wanted to be part of the movie. <laughs> Maybe they should have talked to Blizzard because when Uwe Bold came knocking for the Warcraft license, they were like, no, Uwe Bold, you can't have it. Um... <laughs> uh, Uwe Bowles considers this the most important of his movies. I would probably agree with him. It probably was. If you just look at all of his movies, <laughs> this was probably the most important he did. Rob Schneider... I don't want to say... Huh? I said I wouldn't say important. Uh, well, I would. I mean, as far as it... I mean, if you're talking about... It, what, what would be the most important movie of Uwe Bowles' career? Rampage. Okay, maybe so. I haven't watched it. Maybe so. Because it's more of a serious film. Yeah, but I mean, I would say this. Does Rampage make more of a statement? Or is it just the crazy guy killing a bunch of people? It's the crazy guy trying to make a statement. Okay. Well, I I haven't watched it. So I'll agree with I'll, I'll take your word for it. Because I have never watched Rampage. Uh, Rob Schneider, Jamie Kennedy... Oh, your best friend, David Cross and Sarah Silverman were approached, but didn't want to get involved in the movie. You need to call Jamie Kennedy and ask him why he didn't want to get involved, Ryan. Oh, I okay, okay. I remember <laughs> on an episode I listened to, y'all mentioned seeing Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I, I think at some point, I think uh, I think I'm allowed to, you know, uh, explain myself on that one. Sure, go ahead. I know not right now. Okay, sure. Shut the fuck up then. In early 2007, the New York Post showed a seven-second clip, the infamous window washer scene, to some of the families of the 9-11 victims, telling them, this is the joke in the new movie Postal by We Pole. Of course, they found it tasteless to make fun of 9-11 and its victims in such a fashion. But the scene was the punchline, not the entire joke. The real joke was made on the Taliban three minutes before that scene. 
According to Uwe Boll, the New York Post actions were more tasteless than any of the movies, many of my movies could ever be. And he considered it another personal attack. So, what do you think about that, uh, Patrick? I mean, it's... <laughs> it's oh, super I mean, fucked up, to, and, and it does... The whole, the whole scene's messed up in a way. Yeah. And then to you know to take something like that and and put it in a movie as a joke is 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 fucked up in a way. And then, but to take and show the people the clip, I mean, yeah, to show yeah, people yeah. families of victims is just that that is kind of super fucked up on their their part. Yeah, I would agree to that too. I mean, you can have that opinion. You don't have to go to uh, and only show the clip. They didn't show the whole clip of the terrorist talking because the joke was kind of how stupid it is. For these people to go kill themselves because of a virgin count, right? Because right? they think they're going to get virgin. That, that that was the joke, and it was making a joke that they were killing people because of something that's like so stupid. Because it does have all these things throughout about how stupid these religious tones are between the cult, between the like uh, the Muslim religion, and how they even took a jab at Christianity at one point as well. Right. So they're all making this joke throughout, whether or not. You know, you have whatever feelings about religion. It's a joke, you know. Like, and, and and then the other thing too is like, you could be a Christian and laugh at the Muslim joke. Then when the Christian joke comes your way, you get mad. Right. And then it's vice versa, right? So, um, to me, like, I don't think the joke was that bad. I've heard plenty of stand-up comics say much worse about nine eleven, about kids dying, and then we even just had. Um, over at uh, DC Studios and Marvel, fucking um, James Gunn get fired over some pedophile jokes that he thought was funny on Twitter. Ten know? years ago. Yeah, <laughs> ten years ago. So, again, you'd be tasteless, but I don't think they're terrible. And I think, I kind of agree with Uwe Bold that what the New York Post did is probably worse than what he did. Because they showed the joke out of context. They only showed the last seven seconds of a plane flying in the building. If you look at that, it doesn't really look like a joke. It's a plane flying into a building. Right. You have to see the whole context of everything. And even if you still don't like the joke, you know, like, that's fine. But I think you can at least still say he was joking. He's like, like it's not, I don't think, he, in the whole joke itself, I don't think it was trying to make fun that people died in 9-11. It's not, or, or like, make the plane crash in the building look funny. That's not what he was doing. He was keeping in line with the tone of the movie, and the joke was him arguing over how many virgins, which I played the clip earlier uh, in this episode. So, uh, Ryan, what do you think? Ryan? Pretty much that in a nutshell. Pretty okay. much that in a nutshell. All right. About 90% of it was, Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't think it was offensive. I didn't think it was really offensive. I just thought it was very taken. Um, I mean, that's about it on it. I, I, I mean, just watch the movie. The only thing I can think about is how shitty it was really going to be. How yeah. much of, oh. I mean, if they, they're really hitting on the whole terrorist plot in this movie, yeah. of course they're going to go with the whole 9 11 angle on that. Yeah. Because um, they're taking it from the game. And another thing I thought was kind of funny, too, is that they say here about 90% of the actors who played the Taliban are Jewish, according to Uwe Boll. So he had a bunch of Jewish people playing. The fucking terrorist. Uh, Ron Perlman. Is that, is that, huh? 
Huh? That where that joke at the end comes out like we all hate the Jews. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, like, I guess that's a little almost inside joke because if you didn't know it, I guess it wouldn't make as much sense. But like the fact that they're all Jewish talking about hating Jews, you know, it's kind of funny in retrospect. Uh, Ron Perlman was considered for the role of Uncle Dave before Dave Foley was cast. Yeah, I doubt that. That'd be awful. <laughs> the original script was entirely in German. Zach Ward originally auditioned for the role Officer Greg. The producers thought he was a better fit for Postal Dude, so he got that part. Uh, the U.S. release was originally scheduled for spring 2007, then moved to June 2007, then September 2007. It was finally released May 2008, the day after Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> They said, claiming that Postal will destroy Indiana Jones at the box office. <laughs> I did see an interview, though, where he talked about how a lot of people hated Crystal Skull. So he was like, now maybe my movie will have a better success. And apparently not, because we only got $147,000. <laughs> Gary Coleman. I honestly, I honestly enjoyed Postal more than I did Crystal Skull. <laughs> God, Uh, Gary Coleman was offered the chance to reprise his role as one of the central characters from the original Postal 2 video game, but turned down the offer because he didn't want to swear. Uwe Boll shot only three to five takes of every scene. He thought the comedy's biggest strength is the emotion behind the acting, which cannot be maintained when there are too many takes. I don't know. I guess that's a way to do it. That's a way to at least shorten your time filming a shot. Could have cost him twenty million to make it. Yeah, there you go. He saved him five mil. There you go. On August twenty eighth, twenty thirteen, Bull announced he was funding the project of a sequel through Kickstarter, but it was canceled in October of the same year for lack of funding. <laughs> in June of two thousand six, Bull publicly announced the challenge to his numerous critics to put up or shut up. He said he would select five of his harshest critics to fight in a series of multi-round boxing matches to be held in Vancouver, British Columbia and broadcast over the internet. He planned to use footage from these fights in this movie, but that didn't fit the plot, so the idea was dropped. It's claimed that they might be part of the DVD when it's released. <laughs> I'd like to know if any critics ever said, like, I'll fight it, we both. <laughs> <laughs> His movies are so bad, just gonna fuck that dude yeah, up. Yeah, I'll just fuck him up right quick. Or get fucked up by him. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, what would you want to do if Weebull challenged you to a fight after listening to this podcast? I'd probably send Eric. See, <laughs> uh, Weebull's cameo in Little Germany was the last scene shot. The line about 9-11 victims not being heroes but just victims was improvised. I don't remember what that line was or what the context of it is. But it does seem fucked up. The scene with Osama bin Laden trying to get change back from the payphone was improvised. Larry Thomas came up with the idea when he saw the payphone and told Uwe Boll who loved it. In the original script, Osama called George W. Bush with his cell phone. As stated in the audio commentary on the German DVD, the movie was intended to be more sat- satirical and ridiculous, like Blues Brothers meets Borat. I think that kind of was that. Uh, like I said, there was, it was a little more satirical and uh, then ridiculous. Uh, 
Executive producers Steve Wick and Vince DiSidero didn't like Uwe Boll's approach, so he rewrote it with Brian C. Knight. <laughs> but in the interviews I heard, he does compare Postal to the Blues Brothers. He doesn't make that analogy of it meets Borat, but I guess it kind of does. Uh, Abdul, the retarded Taliban, was played by the owner of a local nightclub, according to Uwe Boll. Um, let's see. Uh, other stuff. Let's see. During production, Vince DC and Steve Wick pitched a darker, grittier script for the postal story to Uwe Boll, but Boll turned it down, fully intent on making the movie a platform for satire. I think that was a better way to go with it. I don't know if doing this in a darker tone would have been that great. I mean, maybe. It would have just been like the Rampage movies, I think. I think it would have been kind of similar to the Rampage movies if they would have did it serious, uh, do you think, Brian? Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. Um, I, I just think it's weird because in the Rampage movie, the character has red hair with the goatee. Okay. And he pretty much goes postal in that movie. Yeah, so if they would have did it a darker version, it would have just been Uwe Boll's Rampage movie. Uh, I think doing it funnier might have been a better move for it, so I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do the ratings for this movie, and I'm going to pull up this little clip. So while I'm pulling up the clip, um, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and start off with your rating for the movie? How many lives lost or did you gain one? <laughs> well, like I told Patrick earlier, the reason... That this was actually the my second choice. My first choice was Street Fighter Two, the animated movie. I uh, found that on Crackle. Exactly. That, 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 that's why I uh, I had picked it at first. Oh, we're about to do. Uh, we're about to do the uh, Earthworm Jim saga next, actually. Well, I, what I told Patrick was, was the reason why I picked this movie was that listening to previous episodes of Losing Lives. I just felt that you guys were not losing enough lives. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I felt like we need to go back to our roots and actually lose some lives. So I decided to go with, uh, I reached into my pocket and I grabbed my pad to move forward. Yeah, that's right. You're a little fucking but, freak. Yeah. I like hanging out with you. I mean, I felt the movie was, I mean, I didn't completely hate it. I just thought it was really boring and way too long. It had some chuckles here and there. This movie uh, could have been like I I say a lot fifty minutes and I think it'd have been way better. <laughs> fifty minutes. Yeah. Maybe forty five. Uh, you could have cut a bunch of the shit out and just did a quick like forty five minutes like an episode on Netflix. One only it, it would have been fine. You, you should try your hand at editing and edit this movie down to 50 minutes, and then we could do a, a, a Losing Lives hey, revisit and hey, see how your cut lasts. I, I, can edit, I can edit this movie down, and I bet you it would be way better because of this. Nice. <laughs> um, so, wait, how many lives did you say you lost, Ryan? I, I, I was going to say Game Over. Um, for, I hadn't said it in a while, and so I realized I just remembered that there was tits in this movie. So I went ahead and was gonna just lose three, and then I remember I saw Dave Foley's dong, 
so I'm giving four. Oh, yeah, life. that's right. You did get to see Dave Foley's dick, so. Put it at the butt, you know what I'm saying? That's right. All right, how many lives you lost, Patrick? What is what is the life limit? Because he said game over. Game over is five lives now. Okay, so I wouldn't say game uh, four. Four. Four lives lost. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. I'm gonna say three. Uh, I I definitely was like halfway through this movie. I was kind of like, all right, I'm I'm done with this movie. And I kept looking at the time, like, God, is that much time left? <laughs> Again. <laughs> Some of the jokes landed for me. Some of the shit made me laugh out loud. But it wasn't, it, it just wasn't good enough. The pacing of it was bad. It would just, it, it, you could have shaved off half this movie and it would have been fine. Like some of this might have been just good sketches. Like for a sketch comedy show or something like that. You could have took a few of these things and did that. And it would have probably had a better life there. Uh, in this movie, in the framework of this movie and tying everything together... Not so much. So y'all two lost four. I'm a lost lost three. It definitely wasn't the worst. Um, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be going in because Uibo's name and everything on it. What comes with that? I was expecting some other dog shit. I thought it was a five live down. I mean, the fact that I couldn't find this movie and like I couldn't even rent it on Google, right, you couldn't even pay for Apple. it. Like, yeah, we actually had to steal this movie through YouTube. <laughs> Because there was no other way to get it unless maybe Amazon, I ordered it from God knows where to get over here. And I wasn't doing that. Yeah, because you told me to go ahead and rent it. I said, there's no way I was going to pay it. Yeah, there's not. I didn't know that. Yeah. No. So, um, yeah. So, I'm going to say three lives now. But anyways, I do want to play this. And you, and if you want to say something, Ryan or Patrick, you can kind of say it through it. But uh, I don't know if I'll play the whole thing. Just, this is from uh, Collider Videos. YouTube Good. I'm, I'm, uh, the alcohol gets out of me right now from the, the bar yesterday night after the postal screening. So it's always like if you see actors after a long time uh, at a screening, then you go normally for a drink afterwards, and this is what we did. Did you brush your teeth? No. <laughs> Did you burn your teeth at all? But there uh, was uh, Vince Vaughn. He was capacity for me story. to do something totally different to that what I did the years before. Um, so to go back to a comedy where I started my whole movie career or whatever you want to name it, uh, as it was a comedy well, German. Let me hold. Do you got to something right? Go pick it up. Yeah. We had to pause for a second. Sorry, guys. All right, we can continue with the interview here. Right, movie. And uh, so, in all that years, and I did action, sci-fi, horror, thriller, and uh, here was an opportunity to go back to that to that comedy uh, roots. And at the same time, where I wrote it, I was very frustrated. I didn't wrote any scripts for six, seven years. Uh, I got bad reviews for Blood Rain, for Alone in the Dark, for House of the Dead. And I felt like, so now I sit down and I write something what I really want to what I want to see on screen and where I give a shit basically about uh, rating, audience, critics, uh, and, and distribution. And so I'm, and I sat down and I wrote that based on that video game. I acquired the game rights earlier 
And I felt always there's something in that game what could be very good for a comedy, actually. Because you can play postal without, without any violence. You can play, you can use cats as silencers. And this, all that kind of absurd stuff, what is in that video game, I felt that this is perfect for a comedy. And, and so I put all my frustration in it. In, uh, so in postal is a lot of hate in a way. And uh, I even wrote Seed, an, a horror movie, what I did, um, parallel to Postal. So uh, Postal would be way more, way bitter, like way more bitter as it is, if I would wrote only Postal. So for me, Seed was very important to put my really nihilistic uh, point of view at this point um, into uh, on paper. And it was also kind of relaxing to write like a few hours on Seed, a few hours on Postal, and. Um, the disaster was then, of course, that I deleted seats the whole script by accident. Yes, uh, so, so, so. <laughs> I'll never forget that the rest of my life. And then I actually uh, wrote only a treatment back, like I reconstructed seat as a treatment, and I shot it based on a treatment, finally. <laughs> well, it's maybe one of the strangest things uh, <laughs> ever, but I felt like I what? cannot write it anymore. I cannot what write the fuck did you not even talk about? Uh, some movie seed. I think, right? Is that what you're saying, Seed? Seed or Seat? seat? I do not yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> do you familiar with that movie, Ryan? I thought you said Speed. I was like, was Keanu Reeves? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Speed would have been his most important movie. <laughs> yeah, that would have been his most important movie. I don't think that's what it was. Uh, but he said that he was they, writing two movies at the same time. And he accidentally deleted Seed or Seat, whatever the movie is. And so he just wrote a small treatment to it. Seed. Seed? Seed. Like a sunflower seed? Yeah, okay, seed. Okay, yeah. So that's what the movie's talking is it, about. I'm trying to think. Is Seed the movie where this guy creates this female, like, part animal alien hybrid that has, like, a sexual thing for him? I don't know. Patrick's looking I, I, I don't up. know. Patrick, find Patrick. Out. The, the cover of it has a chick like in an electric chair on the cover, and it says, "When a failed attempts, yeah, when attempts to execute mass murder, Sam Snead all all is buried alive, having clawed his way above ground to take bloody vengeance." Wonderful. So it's like a horror movie. Yeah. No. Wonderful. Yeah, that's what he said. Wow, it was way a horror than movie. What I so he was trying. He wrote his darker stuff for that, but then he also kind of put out. He was angry writing these movies. So, and then of course he has a story of filming a movie basically from a deleted script that he just did a treatment to. So I, I'm not curious enough to go watch Seed, but I'm kind of curious to watch it just to see. I'm more interested in Seed now than anything else. Just to see how that movie shakes out when you don't have a script. <laughs> You have a treatment. The new horror movie by Uwe Boll. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I just want to play a little bit of that. In the movie Postal, he talks about how he did put some of his anger and some of his feelings. He got shit on by the critics and things like that. And, like, he tries to... And you know what's funny? He talks about in that interview, and again, that was a Collider um, videos... Uh, this is a YouTube channel. We'll give them credit. You know, they're the ones who made that interview or at least filmed it with Uwe Boll. It almost looked like somebody just filmed it, though, with a camera. Don't know if he was actually, I don't know if he was actually the interviewer or not. Maybe so. So, uh, like, I mean, like a camera phone. So, uh, <clears throat> anyways, 
regardless. Uh, I do find it interesting because some of the sentiments he's saying about filming movies is the same thing that Kevin Smith now says. Where he's at the point where he's not wanting to film just movies, like movies that people want to see. He's like, like write movies like that. He's writing just movies that he wants. So like he did the movie Tusk, which is like the uh, a killer, a guy who turns into a walrus and like kills people. You know, or he did, so basically he's he's giving us what he gets high and thinks of. Exactly, like Tusk came from his podcast where he was talking about some idea, some crazy wacky idea for a movie, and that apparently that came out. I didn't hear the actual podcast, but I've heard another one where he discussed where he came up with the idea, and that's how Tusk well, came about. He he also has a sequel to that movie called uh, Yoga Hosts. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the exact direct sequel, but it is. I think it's, it's, it's supposed to be in that universe. It's in the, yeah, it's in the same universe. It's what he did with his daughter, time. basically. Um, she was kind of the main star of it with this other girl, Yoga Hogers. It came it's, to Netflix, I think. It's, it's his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter. Oh, okay. Okay. Well. And did y'all say yoga hookers? Yoga hosers. Hosers. It's, it's okay. these two Canadian girls. I don't. Uh, they. I think it's something about the type of yoga they do in the movie. It's kind of some joke thing or something they, like that. They two girls who run a convenience store. Yeah, kind of like a clerk's. Like clerks. Yeah. And they're pretty much being attacked by these small Nazi creatures. Yeah, it's sausages. I think that's what they almost look like. Anyways, I seen the movie. It's. Not that great, to be honest. Like, it was, you know... I mean, maybe he was really aiming it for, like, teenage girls. So maybe to that demographic, it might hold up better. I do like Kevin Smith. I like some of the movies he's done. I like his podcast. But, like, yeah, Yoga Hosers was not, at least for me, I'll put it that way. But I'm not here to... But, but that, that, that goes with what you're talking about, how, you know, how he just... Because I know they, they've given him dozens of, like... Big budget movie to do is turn yeah. them down. And well, he's he doing got to the point where he just wants to do his passion. Well, yeah, because I think Kevin Smith went through some of the same things that uh, Uwe Boll went through, where they got criti- he got criticized pretty heavily for his for some of his movies. I mean, some of Kevin Smith's movies are like hailed as these great movies, like Clark. Clark's actually a pretty good movie, oh, like white black movie uh, that he did earlier in his career that got it started. Uh, and there's some other movies he's done that I, I thought actually weren't bad. And uh, I thought they were good. But um, I think he's taking criticism for some stuff. I haven't seen all his movies, but I've seen you know, a decent amount. Uh, um, but I know think, there was some... Yeah, no, I haven't. Mm-mm. No, I'm, I'm saying certain movies got a lot of, cri- like, got a lot of criticism. Yeah, I know, he, like, he uh, talks about it a little bit. Amy, uh, this one movie with Ben Affleck and Liz Tyler. Yeah. And he talks he talks about it on his podcast a little bit, uh, Kevin Smith, and uh, but it sounds like he there was a time when it really pissed him off and he really took it to heart, and now he just kind of fuck it whatever, and then he's got that mindset like it sounds like Uwe Boll came to the conclusion of where I'm just gonna do something that I want to see, and so Postal was that just something that he wanted to see, and it was like a comedy, and like apparently he was meaning for it to be satirical. And maybe he did write a lot of this and this was his mind. And some of it, like, I mean, the guy, I'm going to put it this way. The guy puts together a movie. Just because he makes a lot of movies that we consider bad doesn't mean that he's probably more talented than many of the people who try to make movies and never do, right? 
And some of the stuff in here is not the worst in Postal. I'll say that. And, like, it's easy to shit on somebody to do a bad movie, especially when you haven't done a movie at all. So, at the same time, though, you can't really just, like, well, you never did a movie, so you can't talk about my movies. No, because you made this movie for me to fucking watch. So, you can have an opinion just like anybody else. So, it's a two-way street. But I do try to, like, with all these movies that we do, and even with this podcast, I feel like I do try to, like, give the benefit of the doubt in a lot of areas with this. Because any movie, from things I've heard, and from even just seeing the way some movies are made, it takes a lot of time, effort, coordination, getting people together at the same time. And apparently there were some decent actors who came in who wanted to be part of this movie against their agent's wishes. They liked the script at least, I guess, that much, you know, or to some degree. So um, Well, well at, at least, at least, they don't say like Bob Hoskins when it comes to Super Mario Brothers movie. Not once do any of them actually regret what they've done. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I felt I felt like everybody had fun in that movie. I, I think I think so. I mean, I don't know. I didn't, it was hard to find any interviews about Postal. Like I had to dig around YouTube to get some of the like the one I got and a few others. <laughs> and so I don't know if any of the other actors really had anything to say. Like I regret it or I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's the worst of Uwe Boll's work. I'll put it that way. But it's definitely not a movie I'd no. ever go watch again. <laughs> I like to say that that last minute of you talking about, you know, at least he could put a movie together. Yeah. Was you just trying to avoid the boxing match? No. You, you don't want Uwe Boll to whip your hey, ass. Hey, look. And you don't want to be a special feature on a DVD <laughs> in your ass by Uwe Boll. Hey. And then he's going to commentate it. Yeah, let's see this guy, Seth. He said my movie was if, bad. If watch, hears, watch right here. I fuck him up. If, if Uwe Boll hears this yeah. and wants to do a boxing match, I will fucking do a boxing match with Uwe Boll. <laughs> I will fucking but do a gotta boxing match. But you got to come to Marrero, match. bitch. Yes, you do, because I cannot fly to Germany, motherfucker, unless you're paying for my ticket. <laughs> then at least I'll go for that, you know? But, yeah, um, I, I, I kind of thought Seth was just saying, like, hey, well, I'm not trying to show you movies. Well, yeah, I'm trying to give. I'm trying to. I don't want yeah. this podcast to be. It's it's made out of having fun off of movies that everybody considers as bad or poor movies. I don't want this to be a couple of people here who are just like this movie shit and blah, 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 blah. I I don't want it to be that. I do want to be able to just say like every movie at least took some effort. People out there spending their time trying to do something. It definitely seems like a passion project. Whether it's just a way for him to do some tax write-offs and make some money or something, or what, I don't know. Let me write off that $14 yeah. Million I lost. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I've heard there was something with tax laws in Germany. We played it in one of the previous episodes of how Uwe Bold gets to keep making these movies. And there was something about some of the tax laws in Germany or something like that. There's a way that he's actually making money off this. Because, like, that has to be. There's no way you could do this many shit movies and like not get any money in the box office to the cost that you put into it, right? And still pump out it more was, movies. It's just insane. It was probably one of his sequels. Yeah. So because you kept asking, why the hell? How the hell his movies getting sequels? Yeah. And no. That's that's really bad. Yeah. So yeah, that was it. <clears throat> Anyways, that's it. That's enough for this episode. Um, do you have any last words on anything before we shut it down? Uwe Boll, 
Ding, ding, uh, motherfucker. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> ding, <laughs> ding. <laughs> show some tits there you go you always get four lives down at the minimum if you have tits in your movie for ryan yeah or dick show dick because that was also the deciding factor so if you show him dick or tits you'll at least get four lives down you won't get the five live deaths right Um, saving grace i do have a quick funny story about dick okay Watches the movie and says that that wasn't his real dick. <laughs> <laughs> I know his real dick, Ryan. That was not his real. Dick. That wasn't his real dick. That Ryan. was a stunt double. Well, <laughs> well, I asked him. I'm like, well, if I'm wrong, go ahead and watch the movie, and uh, you know, we'll see if I'm wrong here. Everybody who takes his class touches his dick at least once. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, he kind of did because of the fact he he went through a really bad before settlement. So right now he's a big, he's a big thing child support. That's why he's not allowed back in Canada. Oh, okay. Well, so I'm mean? sure he needed some money so he did this movie. No. Well, anyways, uh, that about does it. <clears throat> Um, thank you for listening. Uh, who's nextgaming.com. You can check out all the stuff we're doing. We did Michelangelo's crazy pizza recently. We did a new format for it. It's all in all the social medias uh, right now. So you can go check that out. Um, Who's Next Podcast is our other podcast we do that focuses more on video games, video game talk, and just uh, anything in general about video games. So you can check us out over there. Uh, We've got Patrick and Ryan with us. We're signing out. Thanks for listening.